Are you recording? Okay, now I'm recording. <laughs> you guys, hi. Hey. Oh, we have to record a new opening. Hello, and welcome to the Habit Podcast. I'm Christina Franklin. I'm Paige Berg. And I'm Zan Rule. <laughs> you just like turned all the way up. <laughs> Can I tell you guys how happy I am to see your faces right now? I know. I feel like it's been months and it's just been two weeks. Has it only been two? It's only been two weeks. Yeah. Oh and Christina is four shades darker than she was two <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> I'm glad you guys can't see this. I'm glad my dermatologist can't see what I look like right now is the truth. Yes. Yes. <laughs> anyway, welcome. Hi. I know. Every time. Oh, it's the freaking season finale of season two. Season finale. Season two is wrapping tonight, which is crazy. Wrapping it fast. Up. I remember when we first when we recorded the first episode it was like in the summer or maybe even in this was in the spring or the summer and I put on the calendar that November would be the end of our podcast and I was like November is literally a year away totally <laughs> and now we're here and it's fucking cold outside Same. and I don't know what I'm doing with my life <laughs> moving on what it's are we doing ta- today we, what are we so. doing for the finale yeah it's the season finale So today we are calling it the Habit Babes Takeover because we are doing a Q&A of all the amazing questions that our community asked. And so we're just going to spend this next hour kind of answering everything you guys want to know. So we're super stoked to uh, bring this episode to you and let's go ahead and dive into it. I love that. Where did you find, like, where did you ask on like Instagram? So I gathered the questions I posted on our Instagram story and I got a lot of DMs that way. And then I also posted in our Facebook community page and I got a lot of great questions on there. So that's how I gathered the questions that we're going to be asking or answering. But I don't know, Paige, did you ask any of your members, your clients questions for this podcast? I actually did it in my weekly text this morning to my girls. Ah, Love. Yeah, I yeah, it was just a little that. way to say hi and say what burning questions do you have? Ooh. So let's answer them. Yes. Mm. Let's do it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, in case you're new to the show, we're the Habit Team. The Habit is a nutrition coaching company made for women by women. Our program is built for you with coaches who put your goals, lifestyle, and personality first. And hey, we're your coaches. Hi. What's up? <laughs> So to learn more, head to the episode notes or go to thehabit.com to book a free consult call. Before we dive into all the questions that you babes asked us, we're going to do a quick little tip to stay ahead of the holidays. Since the holidays are right around the corner, we just finished up with Halloween and now we got Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's to look forward to. So I figured we could each give one piece of advice so that our listeners still have something a little relevant to go into the holidays with. Love this. So Paige, why don't we go ahead and start with you? What is your sure. one piece of advice? Yeah. So my biggest thing is I feel like I used to look at holidays as like the all to my nothing. <laughs> and it was like the one time that Mark was going to make his pumpkin pie. And like the one time my mom was going to make my favorite cookies. And so I like I had to eat every last bite of the dessert mostly. So my piece of advice is don't look at this time as like a one-time deal. Because I think when you go in with that mentality of like, this is the last time I can eat this until 365 days from now, 
you're gonna go overboard, right? Because it's like the last supper. You're not dying, as Coach Nat always used to say. This is not your last meal. Oh, so, so good. I know. Oh, Nat. Nat. <laughs> so that would be my biggest piece of advice is to just alleviate the kind of pressure that everyone puts on the holidays mm. and just go in with an excited attitude going in with the plan, um, still having the favorite dish or meal, but just having some control. Totally. I love that. Yeah. You're not just going to gain five pounds because the holidays are here. <laughs> right. Christina, I feel like what you're going to say is going to be like controversial. That's optional. Let's hear it. What? <laughs> Why? Does it, is it my face that is telling you that? A little bit. I just feel like you're going to be really cutthroat about this. I want to hear it. <laughs> okay. Well, that was mean, but I. <laughs> <laughs> you're always like the edgy one. It's not like bad. You're just like spitting truth. Well, here's my thought. It's not the opposite of what you said, but it's like a little bit kind of the opposite of what you said. <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew Which it. Which is basically that the holiday isn't the goddamn problem. Like if you want to have a 10,000 calorie day on Thanksgiving, do it. Like if that is something that will bring you joy and you've been looking forward to, I don't know, eating marshmallows on sweet potatoes with like you know, with visible butter. <laughs> I get it. Like, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. It's not the holiday that is the problem. It's not like having a huge crazy day on Christmas or having seven days of Hanukkah or having one massive Thanksgiving that's going to make you gain five pounds. It's everything else during those two months. That's the problem. It's the fact that every Thursday you have like drinks or like an office party. It's the fact that every weekend you have some sort of event with your, you know, friends or family. Yeah. It's yeah. fact that every time you go in the office, someone has made like, you know, a shitty pound cake for whatever reason. It's like all of those things add up. There's just like candy and events and things that are just around all the time. So it's like death by a thousand cuts. It's like every day you're three or 400 calories above what you should be at. And that's what's going to add up. It's not that Thanksgiving is, you know, going to kill you. So just try and like set some mins and maxes. Like at minimum, I'm going to hit the gym three times a week or at minimum, I'm going to hit my macros six days a week or at maximum, I'm going to drink, you know, two drinks a week or three drinks a week or at maximum, I'm going to go to three events a week and like, you know, hit not drink at two of them. So just like make a plan, <laughs> but don't avoid the holiday itself. Avoid yes, like- I love that. Always having a plan. The weird- ShopRite cookies that somebody brought in for literally no reason. All right. So my piece of advice is kind of going off of what Christina said. <laughs> Let the holidays be the holidays. I mean, we're literally talking four days. It is Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, Christmas, and then maybe New Year's, which we know a lot of alcohol is involved on that day. Well, my piece of advice is don't take leftovers home. Mm. If you know that you're going to be tempted to eat it for several more days after the holiday, then why do that to yourself? Yes, we can continue dreaming about that Thanksgiving stuffing, which I do literally every single year, but I don't take any leftovers home because then I know I'm going to be eating that for several more days after the holiday. So enjoy the day. Embrace all of the food that you're eating. Man, stop it. And then leave everything else behind. Oh my God. Yes. Protein. Always take protein home. I definitely do that. Turkey, ham. Take yeah. the turkey leftovers. That's, yeah. That's the only thing you can take, take home. Take the turkey. <laughs> I know that it, that actually is kind of controversial though, because some people say that like 
you know, if there's something that you can't have in the house, like that's like an unhealthy relationship. But I disagree. Like if I don't, if I know I'm going to do something, I'm just not going to have it in my house. Like Nutella is not allowed in my house under any circumstance. Nutella cannot enter my house. Neither can dark chocolate digestive biscuits. Digestive biscuits? From McVitie's. Dark chocolate digestive biscuits? Yeah. Have you ever had, have you ever had a digestive? It's like a British cookie. It's called, all right. It's called a digestive, but that's not, it's not like a digestive. It's like a, it's a cookie. It. It's a cookie. Okay. I'm going to send, okay. I'm going to send some to you and you're okay. going to literally call me and be like, I gave 10 pounds help. <laughs> you can send them to me after the wedding. Don't do it before. Okay. 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 Cruel. I'm saying it's your, I'm sending them to you. I'm going to have them delivered to your honeymoon suite. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking it was a cookie that was gonna make you go it's to the like bathroom. Like a shit ton of fiber. I think it's like what? got like it's like got wheat in it, but it's like dipped in dark chocolate. Anyway, moving on. What other questions we have to answer tonight? All right, let's dive into it. So, Christina, we're gonna start with you. Yeah, I got a question that asked us to tell a little bit about the history of the habit. So, kind of speak to us about what fueled your passion to begin this company. And, um, you know, kind of start us from the ground up. How did you get started? And tell us some fun facts about the company. Hmm. Okay. This feels like it was so long ago, but it was only two years ago. Um, I feel like the people listening already like know my story because I've already told it. And if you don't know it, then we actually have an episode called Our Story. So if you have questions about like us and like our history and what's going on, you can listen to that. It's during this season. Um, I think it's episode four or five. And then if you have other questions about our personal stories, you could also just DM us. But I'll go question by question. So let's see. The start of the habit. My passion for the start of the habit. So that was pretty easy. I think that when something fundamentally changes the way you live your life, it's very hard to ignore. Or it's something that you shouldn't ignore. I can probably think of like three or four major things that really like shaped me into the like 30 year old woman that I am today, (laughs) like who I am as a 30 year old woman today and finding macros is one of them. So quite frankly, when I started the habit, I didn't actually have any grand plans for it. I'd love to say that I had this like beautiful business plan and I knew the, you know, growth trajectory (laughs) and it was going to be awesome, but I didn't, I had experienced success and I shared it with my friends and family, like nonstop. You know, people joke about how like CrossFitters never shut up about CrossFit. That was like me with macros. I just like could not stop being like, do you want to see my before and after? And people were like, honestly, no. <laughs> but it, it's true. I couldn't stop talking about it. And, and you know, I started my family started to see what happened to me and ultimately decided like, you know, hey, I want to try this. So at first I decided, you know, this is something I love. This is something that changed my life. I kind of feel like I can do this. So I got a bunch of friends and family to trust me enough (laughs) to do a 12 week program for them free of charge. And I just wanted to like hone in on how to support other women through this process, just like my original macro coach had supported me. So I just, it was kind of a learning experience and just wanted to see where it went. Um, And obviously it went really well. And that was kind of my first glimpse into macro coach life or or life as a, a macro coach. And having this be like a realistic path for me. And they gave me a ton of feedback too. And so, you know, they wrote my first reviews collectively over 12 weeks. Those people lost like over a hundred pounds. And so that's incredible. It felt 
amazing. Felt way better than like anything else I'd ever done or worked on. I was like, this is actually cool and rewarding and amazing. So yeah, within the first year, we hired two coaches, Nat in Feb 2018, Paige in Aug, August 2018. We had just over 130 women uh, the first year, all by like word of mouth referrals, returning clients. We've always kind of been like, since I feel like since it was founded on the fact that it was just like me telling my own story, <laughs> I've always like encouraged our clients to like tell their story and be like, send the word out that like you are, you know, tell them how you are, how you feel, like what's going on. We went through a lot of changes just from like listening to our clients and collaborating with obviously you guys, amazing team. But yeah, that's kind of how we started. I do have a fun fact too. About I know that one of the questions was asked asking about a fun fact in the beginning stages, and I have one. So last weekend I was at a bachelorette party for my sister in law. Jim's here. Oh, you know, yeah. I my Instagram. <laughs> Just kidding. Literally, my Instagram needs to be like washed out with soap. It's like so filthy. It's too much. <laughs> it's like not good. So last weekend I was at that bachelorette party in um, South Beach, and six like. Six out of the 10 women that started in that like free intro group were at this bachelor party. Oh my God, no way. Did that surprise you, Sam? Yeah. So but this is why. So this is like so crazy. So my sister-in-law was one of my original clients. Like I said, friends and family that I was like, hey, you want to do this thing with me? But she was in business school at the time. So she told all of her business school friends, they like all lived in the same building and they were like, let's do this program together. Like she's like, oh, my, you know, my sister-in-law starting this thing. We're going to do it together in business school as like a thing. So I was reunited with them for her bachelorette party, like two years after we had this initial thing. And one of the, one of the clients, she's not a client, she's like a friend now, but one of the girls came up to me two years, hadn't seen her. And said, Christina, I have to tell you something. I just want to get this out of the way before we get into this like weekend of mayhem. You literally changed my life. And I was like, what? She's like, you changed the way I eat forever. Like, I still track. I've never eaten so much protein in my entire life. And she just was like talking about how two years ago, we spent 12 weeks together and it changed the way that she looked at food as an adult forever. And I was like, oh, okay. I know I'm here. Got it. <laughs> like, yep. yeah. you know, like even two years later, it feels just as important as the first one, you know? Absolutely. That must feel so amazing how much of an impact you made on her. I literally have not talked to her in two years. <laughs> I mean, I was like a little drunk. So I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Of course. I of course. love yeah. you. But it, until when I was thinking about a fun fact that came into mind, because obviously it's so fresh, but it was the powerful. <laughs> yeah. I just love that you like found a gap. And you went after it. Mm -hmm. And now it's just become this crazy thing where we're podcasting. <laughs> we like are just doing the thing and it's working and spreading the, the love of food. And it's all because of you, babe. I mean, if you fast forward to today, we've, uh, you know, passed the first year into now our second year. We've grown obviously so much. We've expanded from just like me and Venmo to like a full member portal, like recipe book community, like all these amazing people, all this like amazing teams and bringing all this energy and passion. It's like, hey. you know, so exciting. It's real. Yeah. I think what's also so powerful about your story is like how eager you were to share your before and after photos. Because mm -hmm. no matter how much progress we actually make, you still are so wary to show the I know, world I know. that before photo. 
And you were just like shoving it in people's faces. And I love that. I love that. Well, you know what I think it is? I think that when you show a before and after picture, well, first, I think getting to taking a before picture when you're in that moment is so you first of all, you don't know what's a before picture, which is yep. it's just like a picture that you're probably ashamed mm-hmm. of, which is how I felt. Absolutely. Yep. But even when you have that after picture, even when you like feel that sweet moment of like, ooh, like, is this my after? Like, am I here? I feel like there's such a fear of going back to that before picture that you don't want to mm-hmm. show people. Yep. But mm-hmm. I, for the first time ever, knew that it was truly going to be my before picture that I would never be back there. Um, because you did it in a way that you knew you could maintain. Right. Because I did it in a way that was like, okay, this feels like really, really good. And I can do this and I can live like this versus like I was on a diet and now I look like this. But now mm-hmm. I'm just going to go back to being like my normal old self. So I was less ashamed. I was less scared to show it because I wasn't like that. I was like pretty almost always detached from that person at that point. That's so cool. I love that. What an awesome thing to share to everyone and what an amazing thing to create out of it. And because of you, all these other women are experiencing it. Yeah, me too. So kind of going off of that story, Christina, I wanted to talk about why I fell in love with macros. And yes, we CrossFitters love to talk about CrossFit. But without CrossFit, I never would have learned about macros and how sustainable this lifestyle really is. I mean, I used to be in college and eat whatever the hell I wanted, like Jack in the Box. Jack in the the Box? Oh, girl. Yeah. What's Jack in the Box? But Jack in the Box. Well, partially, I lived literally in college. So it was just there. And they do these 2 a.m. munchie boxes, which is just mean because when I was coming back from the bars, I would obviously want to stop there and eat it. Right. I don't know. Anyway, when I started CrossFit, my coach taught me about macros. And before I was only calorie counting, but we've learned calories aren't created equal. And when I actually dove into the macronutrients behind what I was eating, oh my God, it was so apparent like how many carbs I was consuming versus how much protein I wasn't getting in. And as soon as I started fueling my body properly, I mean, I was just addicted. That's as simple as it gets. I have never been able to keep this weight off until I adopted this method. And I can confidently say, you know, ever since I graduated college, what it's been, I mean, years and years and years, I am still at the same body weight that I was like five to six years ago. And, you know, I battled with weight beginning as early as high school and it was yo-yo dieting all the freaking time. And finally, like, I am just so happy that I have this relationship with food. I look forward to eating food. That's a great segment into the next question, which was when we either, when we learned to love macros Mm -hmm. or master the craft slash like, did we have an aha moment? Yeah, that was my for sure aha moment. I could eat more food and lose weight. Like who doesn't love that? That's the reward for fueling your body properly. I love it. Yeah, Pei, did you have any like aha moments? Tell us about your experience. I think my answer changes all the time, you guys. Like I, we, I think in season one, we, uh, we got asked like, do you ever feel like you've mastered it? And it's like, the answer is no. Like, do I know what I'm talking about? And do I know the general like quote unquote science of like, how this lifestyle works. Yeah. And like, I can talk about it all day and I do, and I love it. And I like preach it probably too much to people that don't care. But, um, (laughs) I, I struggle with this question because I know I had a moment of like, this is my like path forward, but do I 
do I feel like I've mastered everything there is to know? No, I don't. And that's stimulating for me. That's not like a negative by any means. It's, it's like, I'm, I'm, I just told this to Mark. I had my birthday on Saturday and he was like, so like, tell me about what you want to think about in this next year of life. And I was like, I just want to keep learning more about my body. I want to see what else I can do. I don't want to like compete in a bikini competition. I just want to like keep seeing what my body is capable of. That kind of answers the question. It kind of doesn't. Literally love yeah. that. <laughs> More power to you, girl. Yeah, completely. My body is changing, I swear, like every six months. And it's not like it's just like something new is coming about. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like this hurdle I'm going over. Like I'm having like skin reactions. Like, is it something I'm eating? Like, it's always like this guessing game. of Like, what is it now? Oh my God. No, it's all, it's all for the better. I feel like you're a completely different shape than when I met you. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. Like you're like what I would have assumed your body type was prior. Yes. Like when I first met you versus what I would assume it is now is literally not the same body type. That is so I I think that's so funny you say that. And like, again, just like how in tune you are with your clients, Christina, because I feel so the same. Like, I literally thought I was one way. Like, I'm really curvy. I have bigger hips. Like, it's just who I am. Um, I have bigger boobs. It's just like, you know, I'm a curvaceous person. But then it's like, I keep pushing myself. And I'm like, I don't think that was my body type. I think I was like making excuses for what I thought I had to accept. And I'm not saying that I needed that being curvy is a bad thing. I just thought because I was unhappy with how I looked that I needed to accept that. And there was no other way out. Girl, love you. I'm just going to stop talking because I'm laughing now. Girl, (laughs) we love love you. And so do our listeners. Everyone adores you. Um, I mean, I feel like the question, when did I learn to love macros is pretty straightforward. And I learned to love it as soon as I could hit them. So for the same reason that you said, Zan, it's like the first time that I learned how to hit them, um, which was, you know, within a few weeks of my first program, I was just so surprised at how much food, I, how much food and how much, how many carbs I was specifically, I was supposed to be eating. Mm -hmm. I was doubling up on toast in the morning. I was like, this is bananas. Like, this is crazy. So I learned to love them pretty immediately because I was seeing results and I was eating a lot of food and I was like, this is cool. Yeah. I don't know that I necessarily had an aha moment, but I would say that tracking macros, like my relationship with macros now, several years later is the relationship I enjoy the most at the moment. Yeah. So not an aha moment of like, ooh, like I get it now. It's kind of just like a rolling wave of like, this feels really good. Mm -hmm. It's part of your life now. I feel like we all have an attachment to this because it worked for us. And we feel that flexibility and freedom that we've always wanted to in terms of food. That's right. Food is something we can't avoid. We literally have to eat every single day to survive. So the better your relationship is with food, you know, the better the outcome with it. And just overall, your better mental clarity and freedom from feeling, I don't know, trapped in restrictive diets or anything. And so I think we can all agree that's why we love macros. I also think that knowing like even like because I don't really track closely, but even just even just knowing and having the like confidence that if things start to go one way and I start to feel uncomfortable in my body that I know exactly what to do to fix it. And it's not like, like, I just feel like knowing how to adjust those levels in myself and not having it be this like guesswork is also really 
Like that may have that may have even more of my aha moment of like, okay, I don't have to be afraid of gaining the weight back because like it's not going to happen. And if I even see it starting to happen or if I start to feel it happen and like I know exactly what to do to fix it. I know we had a really great question on just that, Christina. We had someone ask, how do you know how to adjust your caloric levels and macro ratios after you get off the program. Do you have like a quick answer for that? I know it's probably not super quick, but you usually are good about like consolidating your answers. Yeah, that's kind of a hard question. So just like, how do you adjust your... Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like rule of thumb. Like, what should I be looking for? And here's the thing. It's like, we never just like push our girls out the door and say, have fun. Good luck out there. You know, like we give you a set of macro numbers that are going to be with you for reversing out or going into maintenance or whatever the goal is next. But I think a lot of girls are like a little panicked of how to adjust um, when you don't have a coach. Right. I think the first thing to know is like one set of numbers is never going to be with you forever, even if it's a even if it's maintenance numbers, like more specifically, if you're on a cut or like a bulk, that is not something that you're going to be on forever. And I think a lot of women come out of the program thinking like, okay, well, like to keep like I want to keep losing weight or I want to keep doing X, Y, Z or I want to stay here and thinking that that deficit number is how they'll maintain that lower weight. And that is not true. Um And even if you are at that deficit and you end up plateauing, the answer isn't cutting more. A lot of times it's adding more food. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Crazy. (laughs) Taking your body out of that deficit. Crazy. I know. It's outrageous. It's literally crazy. (laughs) I would say that I would say not to adjust your numbers if everything is working the way it's supposed to be working. If you're seeing steady results, even if you don't feel like they're fast enough, like if it's working, don't fix it. If you feel like you're plateauing and you want to adjust your numbers, first look at like what your actual intake looks like. Like, are you actually being pretty honest about it? Um, are you actually working out like five days a week or or two days, a week? whatever, whatever those numbers were calculated for is are the numbers that were set for you? Is that the lifestyle you're living? And are you being honest about it? And I think this that 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 thought I'm plateauing too is a tough one because there's 800 scenarios within that too. Yeah. You're already so lean and you're not losing weight. You got to take the next level and like do a body fat assessment or. Yeah. Or you just look at your inches or how your clothes are fitting. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This is a really hard question, but I know. I I know. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know it is. Right. I don't even know how to answer it. We need to begin eating intuitively, right? So macros are always adjustable. That's why we are so strict with our clients about trying to be as consistent as possible because we will literally never know how your body's responding until you're consistent. Only then can we add or take away from then. So going off of that, um, you know, after our members finish their intro program, which is three months, they can have the decision to enter our maintenance program. I do want to say something about the last question, though, first, mm-hmm. really quick before we go into that, because that because it kind of goes hand in hand. I do want to say that, like, ultimately, it's your body and like whatever is assigned to your body is not going to it's not like the end all be all solution. So, like, pay attention to your body's cues. If you're at a deficit and you don't feel strong in your workouts and you're not losing weight, don't cut more. Or if you're at a deficit or not even, even if you have no idea if you're at a deficit or not, if you're eating food and you're working out and you are truly feeling hunger and, and you're plateauing, it's still probably an indication you need more food. So it's like, 
I love that answer so much. Listen to your body. Likewise, if you're like taking a lot of rest days and you're having, you know, whatever, like eat less, <laughs> but hit your friggin' protein. Anyway, changing from program to maintenance, tough, not easy. My, okay. So I think the initial question when our clients are asking us this, they want us to tell them what to do. And I get it because it's a scary world that the maintenance world is. It can be like when you haven't stepped foot into it, but once you're there, it's a beautiful, happy place. So I typically ask questions back, you know, how are you feeling about X, Y, and Z? Do you still want to lose some weight? Are you done losing weight? Um, And then from there, I would say, you know, two on the history of our program together, you know, I would say I am confident in you to make the right decisions to continue kicking ass. And therefore, I think you would be just fine flying from the nest and seeing how you do. Here's a set of numbers that once you're either ready tomorrow or in a month to go to, to start reversing out and getting yourself into some maintenance numbers, here's how you do it. We hop on a phone call together, blah, blah, blah. I would say if the client is still having, is still unable to reach their goals based on just things that have may have happened in their program. I talked to them about, you know, Hey, we have a couple of different options. You know, here's how we can go about it. Um, here's the, here's the possible, you know, maintenance numbers, what that would look like, or here's the, the macros that we're going to keep you at. And we talk about the plan. And typically I would recommend in that case, probably them staying on for another month or two months, whatever they're comfortable with. I'm very much in the boat of like talking it through with our clients because I think it is a big decision because I remember being there and I was like, I know I just crushed these last 12 weeks, but what am I going to do without a coach in my ear every week? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we never just completely stop communicating with our clients. As they're nearing towards the end of their three-month program, they have the decision to go with monthly coaching or a maintenance program. And I think one of the most important questions is, what can you trust yourself to do on your own? When you set that giant goal at the beginning of your intro program, do you feel like you've accomplished it or do you feel like there's still more to do? There's a lot of questions that help guide that answer, but just know that we're always there to talk you through it. And if you decide to fly the nest, like just know that we're confident enough for you to do so as well. I also always remind my clients, like we're not going anywhere. If you do decide to try to tackle this on your own, awesome. I am so, so happy that you're confident to do so. But, you know, we have a lot of clients that come back strictly just because they love the accountability. They love checking in on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis. And um, just know that if you tried to do it on your own and you wanted to come back, like we're not going anywhere and you can always come back. I think there's a pretty distinct or there's a difference between like our maintenance program and what like quote maintenance means. So like if you're listening to this and you're not a member, our maintenance program is basically we take our clients and instead of doing weekly check-ins, they have bi-weekly check-ins. And then we also work on different things with our clients at that time, like almost preparing them to eventually be able to coach themselves. So to shift your mindset, the number one thing is just you're going to be testing a lot, testing like kind of how far you can push yourself, you know, like how strict, how strict, how loose do I need to be to feel like this is maintainable versus like how strict do I need to be for this to actually be able to be maintained? Like, and so there's a lot of push and pull and testing. And sometimes you go too far in one direction versus the other, but changing your mindset is just like, okay, I'm not on a program. I'm just living. 
it's kind of like that exposure therapy, right? So when you enter this phase, we always want you to challenge yourself. So we encourage you go out and eat more often and see how well you do without having to track. You know, the holidays are coming up. See what happens if you don't track for a couple of days and then just enjoy yourself and your family and your friends. So we always throw in different things like that once you enter that maintenance program because we want you to learn how to adapt to all these different scenarios because, you know, we love routine, but life doesn't always allow that. And so, you know, with these biweekly check-ins, you have a little bit more freedom and it kind of forces you to be more self-accountable. Yeah, love that. I feel like that goes right into the question of can you tell us about any habit alums that restarted the program and why and how do you know if you need to start it again? That's one of the reasons is if you've if you've decided to fly free and you want a little more accountability, you're like, hey, I really liked having that time with my coach, which is basically just like having a therapist. Um, you can do that. You can absolutely come back for that. Do you, What are other fun reasons do you have, Paige, for clients returning? Maybe for an event, like a wedding or... Yeah. 30th birthday. New goals, marathon um, training. Exactly. That's the third one I was going to say. New goals. Yep. Yep. New goals are good. Or if you've never been a marathon runner or a runner at all and you're going to run a marathon, hey, how do I do this whole thing? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's another really great excuse to come back. Post pregnancy, we get a lot. I'm breastfeeding. How do I eat yep. enough? But, you know, because yep. it's so common for new moms to just like cut themselves down to like 1,500 calories when like 500 of those calories are going to breastfeeding. So, yeah. Yikes. Um, or just like a lot of people come back during the holidays mm-hmm. just because they're like, we have so much shit. I have so many events going on. I just kind of like want somebody to talk. To me. Yeah. You know, somebody to talk and sometimes to. The, yeah. Sometimes the girls are really real too. Oh, and yeah. they're just like, I need some fucking accountability. Yeah. That's all I need. Yeah. You know, and like mm-hmm. it doesn't even need to be for an event. It's just like I need some accountability in my life right now. And that's awesome. I did two program like two specific program or I guess actually I guess I've done three um two of them are were like intense cuts where I was just like you know what I can't do this by myself um and then the other one I was like oh maybe I should learn how to maintain this (laughs) (laughs) cool what's the next question I love this question it's coming from one of my clients I just adore her um what is some advice for after you've hit all of your goals like what comes next um which I think is a really good question but also kind of obvious don't you guys think I want to know who asked that question I'll tell you later okay (laughs) first of all go you right you guys oh my god her week 12 check-in is tomorrow morning I I am seriously speechless she has probably been the most transformative by far that I've ever had. First of all, go her. What a yep. fucking champion. Because yep. how many times have you guys had clients who came in with a goal, got there, and said it wasn't enough? All the time. Yeah. Oh all of God. them. Right? All of them. I just got chills when you said that. I mean, when someone says that they don't have a goal, that's just, that's impossible. Maintaining your weight is a goal. You know, whatever else it might do, training for a marathon, whatever, it is always a goal. You can never say you don't have one. And so when a client comes to me and says that, I just, I challenge them on that. And I challenge them to think about it because there's always something that is going to keep us motivated in this world in general. We are human and innately we set goals. 
That's exactly what I was going to say, Zan. Couldn't agree more. That's why I was like, isn't it obvious? There's going to be another goal. <laughs> but also just like bask in it. Like bask in that like. No. That like totally. health and happiness and like you worked hard and just fucking like enjoy living in that space, in that body, in yeah. that space. Yeah, absolutely. Res- responsibly. Um, We have a couple more left and I think we're like getting to our end here. So I want to make sure that we get to all of them. Okay. Tell me. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So we got this question. We gear our work towards women, right? But how does one of our members handle their health journey while their spouse or significant other may be on another? I know that we hear a lot of this conflicting households. What do you mean on a different path? No, not supportive, but just, you know, the wife is trying to count their macros and eat healthy, but her husband is still bringing like tempting foods in the house. Or um, we get a lot of women um, complaining about how they have to cook for themselves, their children and their husband, and that it's too much and it's a little overwhelming. And it's not that the husband isn't supporting her. It's just that he wants to continue eating the way he is while she's doing her own thing. So. How do we handle that? Yikes. (laughs) And, you know, coming from experience, like, I understand that. I get it. And even not not even just the husband. Like, I know that a lot of our clients come in, their moms, and they're like, okay, well, I'm making mac and cheese for my kids. What am I supposed to do? But at the same time, like, I don't know, like, macros are there because, like, macros are just macronutrients. Every food is a macronutrient. You can, it's flexible. It's not a specific program. We have to eat specific things at specific times. Like, yeah, obviously make you have to make healthier choices to hit your macros. But I feel like the shift isn't that great to <laughs> like to get that kind of response from your spouse. Right. Slash like I, also, I understand ooh. this question. Say that again. Yeah, I I like sort of understand this because Mark eats like a five year old. He's actually done so much better ever since I started. Love cereal. Love cereal. Loves pizza. Dairy Queen. Like, ugh. Side. Dairy Queen's great. I but I understand it. But like, not once was he ever like, What are you doing? You're weighing that? He was like, Oh, he was like, Oh, what are you doing? It's almost like when you're like doing skincare and you're like, Oh my God, like, look how glowy my skin is. He's like, Oh, what are you using? <laughs> like, it's just like they kind of like cling on to like positive traits that you're acting in. So, anyways, I sort of understand this question because the guys are like, Oh, like, let's go get pizza tonight. What do you think, babe? And you're like, I really want to, but I have goals and like, I'm trying to change my lifestyle and pizza right now is not one of them because I know I can't just go have a slice. Like I'm two weeks into this program and I got to stay the course or be like, can we have pizza tomorrow when I can plan it? Yes. There you go. Love that. Love that. And I think you just need to be honest with them of like, I know that it's not, I know that's an easy thing for you to just go get pizza, babe. But like, I really need to like stay the course and I really need you to support me. How about like we make our own flatbread or like, can we try something that it's like, I know I can track at home and still make it really yummy. Like it's possible to still make really good pizza at home. Ask Christina. Hey. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, this is a tough one. Cause it's like, if they're not being supportive, yikes, big yikes. Um, But yeah, I think you just have to find workarounds. And I think you really need to be honest about what you want. You have to put yourself first, right? Not your husband, not your kids, a harsh truth, because I don't have kids, but I put myself first before Mark every day. I put what I want to eat 
the list goes on. What I want to do with my day. I am first in my day because I know I'm going to be a better person for him if I put myself and mm-hmm. my needs first. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. And you know what, ladies, if your husband needs you to cook for him, how about uh, make him cook for himself moving forward? Like Paige said, self-care. Think about yourself, especially when you are signing up for this program. You know, you have goals and you should never let anyone else interrupt those for their needs. Let him be self-sufficient. Let him learn. Obviously, we know kids are a little bit more dependent on you, but hey, instill those healthy habits at a young age. Yes, because you also just like when you start this program, like you purge your kitchen of things that are triggers to you and you just don't need in your life. Right. And so when they're bringing them back in the house, it's like, babe, I literally just got rid of that for a reason. Like, I don't want it in around me right now because I know I can't control myself. I know maybe in 12 or 20 weeks I might be able to, yeah. but right now it's not going to work for me. Running out and grabbing pizza on the fly in the middle of the night or whatever, it's, I can make that work a couple months from now when I yeah. like can figure out how to deal with it. But right now, right. it's not really my plan. Yeah. Yeah. Love. Love that. Yep. Are there any other questions? All right. Last question. I think this is a fun one. Suggestions for sweet and salty cravings at snack time. Sweet and salty. Oh, like a combo of the two. Okay. I think so. I I know who asked this question and she's my little sweet, salty girl. Kettle corn. So. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Kettle corn. Oh my God. I was a little- Yep. I was going to say that. See, sometimes I even make popcorn and I'll throw little like chocolate chips in it to kind of that sweet and salty flavor. Good idea. Good idea. I also think almond butter kind of curbs this craving for me. Like there's a little salt in the butter. That's No, it's because that good one that you have, the good RX mm, one, the vanilla one. The RX. That tastes like cookie dough, but then ends with salt. (laughs) 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 There's like salt chunks. Oh my God. But it's like super sweet, but then it's like salt end. I want to die. Yes. I just put it in my yogurt and like the very last bite, there was like a big chunk of it. Mm. And I swear to God, it was like salt. Anybody, for <laughs> if whoever's listening, it's RX Vanilla Almond Butter is yes. uh, the the brand. In the blue tube slash, yes. they have like little tubes and now they actually have jars. They have it. jars. And don't buy it at, don't buy it at Whole Foods. It's like $14. And even online, it's like $14. But if you go to like Walmart or like Target, it's um, Target has it 20% off right yeah, now. Yeah, it's it's way less expensive. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Fatten us up around the holidays. Thanks, Christina. <laughs> I'm gonna send you some with digestives. I know. Oh, right, 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 oh, right, yeah. right, right, right. Okay. Um, I think I have another one. I don't do it, but have you ever put salt on your fruit? I've heard this too. I've never done it. Yeah, I mean, like, if you think about it, like, people put salt in, I mean, sorry, salt, people put fruit in, like, salads and stuff. Like, when you have that sweet, savory balance, it's very, very nice. Yeah. Like, on jicama with lime, I mean, literally, yeah. Yeah. Is there any other snack ideas? I feel like we only gave one. Oh, apple with brie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apple with brie is one of my favesies. And I put, like, some really good, like, chunk salt on it. That's an example of putting salt on fruit, pretty much. Yeah. That's a really good one. Apple and brie. Okay. Apple and almond butter. That could be another one. Even better. More salt and sweet. (laughs) Hopefully we've answered the question now. I felt like we could just like get a couple more in there. Let's do the macro hack of the week. Paige, that was beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) That was beautiful. (laughs) It's the season finale. I just really wanted to cut to the chase, you know? Wow. That was pretty (laughs) freaking great. (laughs) 
I'm never going to listen to this podcast ever. I'm never going to be able to hear that. Zen, why don't you start with your macro okay. hack? So mine is to not let false advertising fool you, especially now that the holidays are around. So my prime example of this is vitamin water. Oh, yeah. Vitamin water is essentially water or sugar water with those added vitamins. That's just not necessary. You can get those vitamins and nutrients from whole foods. So my advice is just kind of pick up these items and read those food labels because companies out there really are here to trick you. They don't care about your health. They just care about money. So things that may sound healthy just truly aren't. So you know, kind of teach yourself how to read those labels. If the ingredients are complete gibberish to you, then guess what? Just don't drink it. So um, I just wanted to kind of add that one in, especially because, you know, fake advertising is so prevalent in our world nowadays. And it's kind of insane what companies are allowed to get away with. And the more, you know, the more educated Isn't we are, the, the vitamin better water, off you will be. Don't, don't this have a ton of carbs in it? I'm not sure. Vitamin I water? need to look at I need to look at the carbs. I'm more so just talking about the ingredients. Are there lots of brands of vitamin waters? I know that there's different brands of vitamin water, but the one that we're specifically talking about literally is. Well, you're in California. Water. I know, girl. I'm in the most saturated <laughs> region with. Yeah, you're in the yeah. land of like bullshit health right? scams. I know. <laughs> Everyone walks around just flaunting how healthy they are when they, in fact, have no idea what they're even doing. On the topic of advertising, I learned this in a class of mine. So this is how crazy it can be. If you ever walk down a cereal aisle in a grocery store, you'll notice that the most unhealthy ones, like Fruity Pebbles or whatever it might be, are on the lower shelves. Why? Because they know that kids are obviously short. When they walk down these aisles, those are the cereals that those kids are going to see. Thus, they're going to start whining and screaming for them to their parents. Isn't that insane? That was a little off topic, but Paige, throw it at us. Wow. Paige, what's you yours? for Jenner Mills, so it's oh, like yeah, all did. of these crazy facts. I'm like, oh, yikes. You're so Midwestern, um, Paige. What is my macro hack? My macro hack is about protein because I know the protein department can suck sometimes Long in lived. terms of reaching it. Long-lived protein struggles. No, we're, we're all there by now. It's not that bad. So cottage cheese, I've just been on an absolute overhaul. It's so good. I eat it with my toast in the morning, put it with eggs. Um, I've actually even made it with overnight oats lately, which is really good. It's like a better texture sometimes than yogurt. And then the Trader Joe's turkey jerky is the best turkey jerky. I had to take like almost a year hiatus from the Jack Link's turkey jerky because I thought it was so disgusting after eating it for like a year straight. And this is like, it like melts in your mouth. It's freaking amazing. Highly recommend it. I've been putting pumpkin butter in my cottage cheese. Pumpkin butter in your cottage cheese. Have you ever had p- pumpkin butter before? No. Really? No. What it's kind not. Of it's not butter. It's like it doesn't have any fat in it. It's just like okay. blended. Like it's like a puree. Oh. It's almost like a jam, but it's not a jam. It's called pumpkin butter. Okay. So I put that. I put that in my cottage cheese, and it's so good. And not like fat-free cottage cheese, like like double cream cottage cheese. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, it's like the best thing ever. All right. I'm gonna look this up. My macro hack is actually also about protein because I've been having to not put protein in. Because remember when my last macro hack was just like make soup 
Yes. It was like saute a bunch of shit and put bone broth on it and call it a day. Yes. Okay. It's an add-on because I literally have had noodle soup every day for the last two weeks, except for when I was in Miami. So my new hack is about protein. When you make your soup, <laughs> when you saute all that fun stuff and then just pour bone broth over it and it's like amazing. One, a cup of bone broth has like 10 grams of protein in it. So right there, that is that is sneaky ass protein. But the second thing I want to say is at, even as a very intense meat eater, like I love meat, like give me like a 12 ounce steak and I will freaking house it. But I've been super into dropping cubes of just like cutting up a couple of cubes of tofu and putting them into my soup because they've all been like quite Asian inspired. All my soups that I've been making lately, they're like a, like a springy noodle soup. So cut a couple of cubes in and you can rack up your protein, but just between the bone broth and a few cubes of um, tofu and the tofu just like kind of soaks up the flavor of whatever you're cooking so much so that sometimes in my soup, I put like a ounce of chicken, like one ounce because it's just like, there's too much protein in the soup. I'm like, I Which can't is honestly great though. I can't like, to have, not have to deal with all that. Yeah. That's it. Cubes of tofu and bone broth. It also stays in your fridge. I was drinking mugs of bone broth when I got my wisdom teeth out because I knew I had to consume Ooh, things with protein. Smart. Game changer, really life smart. saver. I love that. So take note. Oh, yeah. It's actually really tasty and super Ooh, that's salty. Smart. Um, the thing, the last thing I was going to say about tofu is it keeps in your refrigerator for like literally ever. It's like bomb proof. So you can just <laughs> leave it in there and cut a couple cubes off every time you make soup. The end. Oh, the guys, he's the finale. Ends. Goodbye. I love you so much. It was a great one. It was. You guys are the best. Until next time. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Love you guys. Yeah. <laughs>